Welcome to Experience This, the podcast that celebrates remarkable customer experiences and inspires you to stand out from the competition by wowing your customers. Each episode, we bring you a healthy dose of inspiring stories, funny interactions, and practical takeaways. Marketing and customer experience thought leader, Dan Gingas. Shares the mic with customer retention and employee experience expert, Joey Coleman, helping you to get people talking about your business. So get ready, because it's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss how one company rolled back a major decision after customer backlash, how immersive experiences have become all the rage, and how you can create experiences anywhere, even when a customer makes a mistake. 1040s, 9 and 3 quarters, and 404s. Oh my! We love telling stories and sharing key insights you can implement or avoid based on our experiences. Can you believe that this just happened? During the summer break, I received an email from the good people at Intuit, makers of TurboTax. I've been a loyal TurboTax user for as long as I can remember. And I also regularly use a free add-on service called It's Deductible. It's Deductible? I got to admit, I haven't heard of that one. I mean, everyone's heard of TurboTax, but what's It's Deductible? Well, actually, I think that's at the root of this story. First, what It's Deductible does is it helps you track charitable donations, whether it's cash, household goods, like what you might bring to Goodwill, or even travel and mileage on behalf of a nonprofit organization. The best part of the tool is the item valuation feature, which uses lots of data from eBay and other places to help you value items that you bring to your Goodwill or your Salvation Army or any of those so that you don't have to do that. So you just write in, hey, I brought in uh, four pairs of jeans, six t-shirts, eight sweaters, and a couple of picture frames. And it tells you what all that is worth and even guarantees it against an audit. So you can feel very confident that what you're valuing it at is not overstating anything. Oh, that sounds super cool and valuable. I mean, one of the big concerns when you make a donation, which you should be doing, folks, it helps other people. It gets, you know, additional use out of your products and your in your items. But the concern always is, I brought you a box of clothes. What should I write on this blank receipt you gave me? So I love the idea of having it have some data and some substance behind it that will also help you if, heavens forbid, you end up in an audit situation. Yeah, so it was definitely a valuable tool and it was even free until... Oh, no. I can see where this is going. Let me guess. They started charging for this free tool? Worse, Joey. They got rid of it. What? They just got rid of it? Yep. On June 6th of this year, I received an email with the subject line, Notice of Discontinuation, TurboTax, It's Deductible Donation Valuation Tool. It read, Dear Customer, We have made a decision to discontinue TurboTax, It's Deductible. 
Today, the tool is used by only a limited number of our customers and no longer meets the level of user experience we strive to provide. So we've decided to discontinue it. We want to thank you for being a loyal TurboTax, its deductible user, and hope you will continue to be part of the Intuit family. We're providing you with advance notice that its deductible will be discontinued on October 17th, 2022. Any donation information you included in your tax year 2021 or prior tax returns will remain in those tax returns. However, you'll need to export any data you've entered into its deductible that you want to save for your records. After October 17th, you will no longer have access to its deductible and any data you entered will be deleted. Then it talks about how to export your data. Now, I have to admit, I was not happy. And neither was another loyal listener of this show, my father. One of us took to Twitter to complain. I will let you guess which one. Oh, it's my favorite listener, Mr. Gingis. Yeah, uh, Mr. Gingis, I do not think you took to Twitter. I'm guessing it was your younger son. But in all seriousness, it kind of stinks that you lost the valuable tool that you'd been using for how long, Dan? As long as I can remember. <laughs> and how long is that exactly? Uh, well, I can't remember. Yeah. Um. I, anyway, that isn't the end of the story. In fact... The story has a surprisingly happy ending. On July 5th, not quite a month after the discontinuation email, I received a second email from the good people at Intuit. This one had the subject line, Update, It's Deductible Continued Availability. And it read, Dear Valued Customer, We heard your feedback on It's Deductible and we listened. Oh, I hate, I hate to interrupt. Sounds like it wasn't quite the few of you are using this that Intuit thought. Well, we're the few, but the loud, I <laughs> yeah, guess. Fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. The few of you who are on Twitter, we heard. Well, it goes on to say, we want to thank you for the feedback you provided over the past several weeks about our plans to discontinue its deductible. We are pleased to hear how much the tool means to so many of you. Based on your feedback, we are happy to share that we have revised our decision and will continue to support its deductible next year. Your account and the data in it will continue to be available without interruption. You can sign in and add any new donations for the tax year 2022 at any time. Thank you again for being a loyal its deductible customer, your TurboTax team. Okay, so there are so many places we could go with this. I mean, first of all, love that they course corrected. Folks, I think so often in our businesses, we worry that we always have to make the right decision. And I don't think that's true at all. I think you can make the decision that you think is right at the time. And if you realize that that was the wrong decision, you can just go make a different decision. We're all grownups here. That's okay. That's acceptable. Number two, I do think it's interesting the way they said, we will continue to support its deductible next year, which kind of implies that in the future, they may take it away. What I would have liked to see them say potentially is something of, we will continue to support this until further notice or something like that that just says, hey, you don't have to worry that we're going to you know, let you use it for three months and then take it away, especially if it's so valuable. The other thing that I find is fascinating about this is the regular TurboTax tool is a paid tool, right, Dan? Yes. And its deductible is a free tool, Correct. Correct. So to me, it would be more than reasonable to say, hey, we want to keep this going, but we're going to need you to pay a little bit for it. Not a ton, not the same amount that you're paying for TurboTax, but you know, maybe some type of a nominal fee would allow them to really 
potentially take that money and then plow it back into enhancing the user experience that they feel is so lacking with its deductible. Yeah. And I have to tell you, I think the user experience is fine. But I mean, any user experience can probably use improvement. Uh, I think that's a fair answer as well. If you sort of just raised the price of it, of uh, TurboTax a little bit, and then it sort of included its deductible, I think that's fine. But obviously, what really stuck out to me here is the willingness to listen to your customers and to accept feedback that maybe you did make a wrong decision. And, and I have to tell you that in certainly in the United States and in the political climate that we live in, it's, it's rare to see people say, I made a mistake and I'd like to correct it. And I love that Intuit was willing to do that. And so I went and my dad went from being really disappointed with them because we really liked this tool to being really happy and probably happier than we would have been had they not tried to discontinue it in the first place. So I thought it was a really good ending. And I want to say kudos to the good folks at Intuit for making the right decision to keep its deductible. Your loyal customers, thank you. It's interesting that we just spoke about immersive experiences because immersive is one of the five aspects of a remarkable customer experience that Dan outlines in his award-winning book, The Experience Maker, how to create remarkable experiences that your customers can't wait to share. And this week only, the ebook version of The Experience Maker is on sale on Amazon for just 99 cents or the equivalent price wherever you are in the world. Did you know that The Experience Maker was named one of the top customer experience books and one of the top customer service books of all time by Book Authority? It also made top book lists on Forbes, LinkedIn, and top rank marketing. Basically, a lot of people checked out this book and thought it was awesome. And folks, I don't need to tell you that the value you'll get from reading Dan's book is so far above this limited time price point that it's almost criminal not to go out and buy it. And that's coming from someone who used to be a criminal defense lawyer. So take my official word for it. Heck, you can even gift eBooks to friends and colleagues or maybe to companies that you've done business with where the experience wasn't that great. Just send an eBook uh, invitation to their help email and see what happens. Well, this book with an incredible foreword by marketing goddess Anne Handley shows you step-by-step how to create the kinds of experiences that your customers will talk about to their friends, to their colleagues, and on social media. It includes dozens of inspiring real-life examples of companies that are making customer experience a priority and winning because of it. Now, there's also a bunch of examples of companies that we've talked about on the Experience This Show where Dan goes even deeper into the story than we were able to in the segment where we featured them. Since Dan spent more than 20 years in corporate America, friends... He also details how to implement these ideas in simple, practical, inexpensive ways because he's been there in your shoes and he knows how difficult it can be to gain buy-in and actually execute on the cool ideas that you have. So head over to Amazon right now. The sale is only this week. It's only on Amazon. Buy up some ebook copies of The Experience Maker, how to create remarkable experiences that your customers can't wait to share by the one, the only, my podcast brother from another mother, the follically challenged but still dashing and fabulous Dan Gingas. I guarantee that reading it will be a remarkable experience that you'll want to share. There are so many great customer experience articles to read, but who has the time? We summarize them and offer clear takeaways you can implement starting tomorrow. 
Enjoy this segment of CX Press, where we read the articles so you don't need to. Today's CX Press comes from Samantha Nelson of the Chicago Tribune and is titled Inside Perspective. From Harry Potter to Ice Cream, immersive experiences are coming to Chicago. Interactivity has been the trend. Now, Joey, you spoke glowingly about the immersive Van Gogh exhibit you saw, which I also saw in Chicago a year or so ago. Oh, it was so, it was such a cool, I'm still thinking about that exhibit. It was so amazing. Well, that exhibit is mentioned in this article. But what I hadn't realized before reading the article is that this immersive experience thing has become a trend. According to the article, quote, immersive experiences have been popping up in Chicago in recent years, offering guests a different type of museum experience where they can interact with the exhibit around them, unquote. In Chicago alone, there are immersive experiences dedicated to TV shows like Bridgerton, Stranger Things, and The Office. There's the Harry Potter series, the singer Prince, artists Van Gogh and Monet, and other ex- exhibitions involving King Tut, the Louvre in Paris, and more. Then there's the most recent opening, the Museum of Ice Cream. Okay, stop the presses. Hang on a second. The Museum of Ice Cream? Yes, indeed. And listeners, I am sorry, not sorry, for making you hungry while you're walking or jogging or driving or doing the dishes and listening to experience this. Or exercising. It's kind of funny that we're going to be talking about ice cream when I guarantee people are on a treadmill or an exercise bike right now while they're listening. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, friends. Sorry. sorry. I actually am sorry. Dan is sorry, not sorry. Anyway, the Museum of Ice Cream is the brainchild of Mary Ellis Bunn and Manish Vora, who were living in New York and apparently became bored with what they called, quote, passive entertainment. (laughs) And folks, with all that's going on in New York City, that's kind of saying something, don't you think? Passive entertainment? I mean, really? No kidding. So what did they do about it? Well, according to the Tribune, quote, their solution was to open the Museum of Ice Cream, a whimsical immersive experience where visitors can try a variety of frozen treats, learn more about the history of ice cream, play games, and frolic in a giant sprinkle pit. Unquote. It is also Get out of town. That sounds awesome. <laughs> now you're ready to I go. I want to go on the sprinkle pit. Yeah. I was I was already excited, but there's a giant sprinkle pit. This is crazy. So the museum has so far opened in New York, Chicago, Austin, Singapore, and Shanghai. The treats, by the way, include dove ice cream bars, which incidentally were invented in Chicago, milkshakes, and even a recreation of a famous Chicago hot dog made with a pink bun savory ice cream, mustard, and a pickle. Experiences include a jelly bean-themed room, a mini golf course, ice cream-making classes, rideable animal crackers, and an immersive video game that involves swinging around on cherries. Now, I'll bet your two boys are going to be interested in taking a road trip to Chicago pretty soon. Am I right? You you are absolutely right. Uh, note to self, do not let the boys listen to this episode of Experience This. Or Why? I they be... can come visit Uncle Dan. Exactly. Oh, perfect idea. I will actually just ship them over to you and you can keep them for the summer and go to the Museum of Ice Cream every day. You know, I, I got to say what I love about this is the playfulness. I think... And, and I think we've always wanted this as a society. And I think in 2022, we want it even more. We're looking for opportunities for lightheartedness. We're looking for opportunities for play. 
I think increasingly it feels so overwhelming to be existing in our world, whether we're talking about wars or pandemics or, you know, inflation or, you know, the political landscape or what's going on with uh, individuals' rights and freedoms and combining all of these things just creates a sense of overwhelm and despair. And I got to believe, even though I haven't been there yet, and the operative word in that sentence, friends, is yet, that you can't go to the Museum of Ice Cream and not leave with a smile on your face. I got to imagine that's the outcome. Yeah, and uh, something I want to say about that is that the Museum of Ice Cream is actually aimed at adults. Now, kids, I'm sure, have a wonderful time at the Museum of Ice Cream because who wouldn't? But this idea of seeking play and seeking fun, the article talks about how adults are looking for this too. This isn't just a kid thing. So while the Museum of Ice Cream maybe sounds like it would be a kid's museum, it's not really. It is, it is built for families and it is built to entertain both the adults and the kids. Another thing that I thought was really interesting, and I recall back in the last episode, you were talking about at Legoland, how there was a lot of interactivity between the people that work there and the guests. Similarly here, one of the things that they've done is at various parts of your sort of tour of the museum, staff members hand out treats. The Dove Bars was one example, but there are other treats that they hand out. And what the article said is that this is in part because they want people off their phones. They want people present in the museum experiencing it. And so they're literally trying to distract them by throwing candy and chocolate and <laughs> ice cream at them, which probably works. I love it. You know, I am reminded years ago, my mother told this story that when I was in kindergarten, so we're dating ourselves, folks, this was a decades ago, that she was, they were doing parent teacher conferences. And the kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Shrek, amazing, amazing woman, said to my mom, you know, it's interesting how teaching kindergarten has evolved over time because now I'm competing with Big Bird. And what she meant is kids were coming to school having watched Sesame Street. So they wanted more entertainment. They wanted more fast switches, fast cuts in the world of uh, Hollywood and TV and movies, right? They wanted a lot of interactivity. And I think that's only increased over time. So I'm not surprised that they're throwing food and surprises at you. But I love that element of to get you off the phone, to get you to be in the moment. That sounds super fun. And to clarify, they're not throwing anything at anybody. Fair enough, fair enough. You know what I mean. Give, giving you Dove bars, giving yes. you candy treats. Well, Joey, I, for one, uh, being the Chicagoan here on this show, I will definitely be checking out the Museum of Ice Cream and I will be sure to report back on the experience in a future episode. True Confessions of a Call Center Agent. I have a confession to make. I have a whole bunch of sticky notes on my computer screen to remind me of all the website addresses we have to send customers to. And sometimes I still get it wrong, which is frustrating for the customer and embarrassing for me. Good afternoon. Thanks for calling Sleesman Brothers. How may I help you? Uh, yes, I'm looking to access my retirement account, but I can't seem to find the right login page. Sure, let me check on that for you. Let's see. Ah, yes, this is the one. You'll want to go to sleesmanbrothers.com slash retirement slash login slash right now slash please. Okay, I think I got that. It's sleesmanbrothers.com. 
com dot slash dot retirement slash login. Uh, wait, I got an error page. It says 404 page not found. Oh, did you type it wrong? <laughs> uh, or that page never existed in the first place. What? Uh, never mind, never mind. Could you read it again? It's sleesmanbrothers.com. And how do you spell Sleesman? S-L-E-A-Z-E-M-E-N. Oh, okay. I had Sleesman, M-A-N. Yeah, we have more than one Sleesman. Uh, isn't that the truth? That wasn't fun for the customer or me. It took a long time to sort through all of my sticky notes, and then I still forgot to spell out sleaze men, which a lot of people get wrong. But there are just so many details to remember in this job. This isn't good customer experience or agent experience. I sure wish we were using Coveo. To avoid bad customer experiences and bad agent experiences, you need Coveo. Visit get.coveo.com slash experience this. That's G-E-T dot C-O-V-E-O dot com slash experience this to learn about creating an AI-powered agent experience to deliver the relevant personalized interactions people expect. Sometimes a remarkable experience deserves deeper investigation. We dive into the nitty-gritty of customer interactions and dissect how and why they happen. Join us while we're dissecting the experience. As Joey mentioned in the previous episode, one of the things we're going to try to do during our epic 10th season of Experience This is circle back to previous segments and update them. Customer experience is always changing and evolving. Customer expectations are changing and evolving. And since we launched this show five years ago, 10 seasons ago, a lot has changed. So with that in mind, way back in episode 26, we talked about 404 error pages, also known as a 404 page not found. Well, I recently posted on LinkedIn about this topic, sharing a few of my favorite error pages and asking my connections and followers to share theirs. And wow, did I get some great examples. Now, for those of you that don't know, the dreaded 404 error page happens when you enter a URL or a website address into your browser that can't be located, either because it's been deleted or moved or because you mistyped it or because it never existed in the first place. Now, it's important to remember that when someone lands on a 404 error page on your site, it means they're lost. It could be their fault. As I mentioned, they typed in the URL incorrectly, or it could be your fault. You took down an old page or you moved it to a new URL without a direct or something's just happened in the world of technology and the matrix and things glitched. Either way, the customer landed somewhere that they didn't intend to. So you can either let them continue to struggle or you can create an experience. And you know that Joey and I look at every communication opportunity with a customer as an opportunity to create an experience, even 404 error pages. Best of all, you don't have to be a web designer to create a 404 error page. Most websites have a default error page that can be edited, and there are easy plugins that you can use if you're managing your own site. Now, here are some favorite examples. For any of these, since you can't see the actual error screen, 
Just go to the company's website and after the .com or .org or whatever, put a slash and then the word error to see what happens. So one that I have to admit I've come across on more than one occasion is Amazon's 404 page. Each time you land on a bad URL on Amazon's website, you get a picture of an adorable dog that is actually an Amazon employee's pet. Now, best of all, you find a different dog each time. And there's also a link to an article about the 8,000 dogs that work at Amazon, a reference to their pet-friendly policies at headquarters. Now, note the sentence that helps customers get back to a familiar page on this 404 landing page. It says, try searching or go to Amazon's homepage. I picked out a site that you probably haven't gotten an error page on before, Joey. It's called Twitter. What's the Twitters? I know nothing about the Twitters. <laughs> Folks you... that are brand new listeners, I got to give you a little context. Dan loves Twitter. I'm on Twitter, meaning that I have an account on Twitter, but I never reply. I never do things or it's super, super rare. Every once in a while, I'll do it if a, you know experience this listener posts something and usually they need to remember to tag Dan so that then Dan calls me and tells me, hey, log into Twitter and do something. But yes, I've never seen the 404 air page on Twitter. I didn't even know Twitter had a website. Wow, that's exciting things we've learned today on Experience This. Nice. Well, and I can attest, Joey doesn't even respond to me on Twitter. So <laughs> no, never, never. <laughs> anyway, when you get to the air page on Twitter's site, you're greeted with the very sad sight of a dropped ice cream cone which is a fairly apt metaphor for losing your way on a website. The text reads, I scream, you scream, we all scream for us to fix this page. We'll stop making jokes and get things up and running soon. Now, it doesn't have any obvious connection to the social media site's brand. In fact, I think the Museum of Ice Cream might be a better fit for this particular one. But I loved it because it was clever and memorable nonetheless. One of the ones that got mentioned in Dan's LinkedIn post was Morningstar. I'm not a Morningstar customer, but if you're the leading stock market research site, you might as well use the stock market pun on your error page. And Morningstar does this perfectly with, quote, like guarantees of future returns, this page doesn't exist. Now, this, of course, is a reference to the common refrain of all stock and fund prospectuses, Past performance is no guarantee of future results. This is the lawyers writing that phrase. And Morningstar decided to play around with this because frankly, if you're on the Morningstar site, you've probably seen this stock refrain and you kind of get the joke. And I want to say that every company can do this. No matter every what industry company. you're in, you can use a pun or something that's fun in your industry. And you know, you could think that a stock market research site would be boring and lots of people say, well, I work in a boring industry. But no, it doesn't have to be. And that's what I love about that Morningstar one as well. Sunbasket is a healthy food meal delivery company. And they use witty language in many places across their customer journey. The shipping boxes even have a haiku on them. Emails and instructional inserts are playful and fun. So it stands to reason that the company would have some fun with its 404 error page. They have a broken egg which is a perfect metaphor for its cooking-focused brand. Note again that there's a sentence at the bottom that helps direct the customer back to safety. And last but not least, Peacock. Now, if you're a loyal NBC watcher like I am, because NBC airs the Notre Dame football games, 
Peacock is their online brand. Now, perhaps not technically a 404 air page because it's displayed on a streaming TV channel. The Peacock streaming service does an amazing job of helping viewers not lose their cool when they can't watch their favorite program. I mean, who could possibly be upset while staring into the adorably sad eyes of Puss in Boots from Shrek? It's amazing how a picture like this one can be an instant mood changer even when something goes wrong, bringing a little smile, a little bit of levity to an otherwise frustrating experience. And I love that because you do look at that picture and like you cannot possibly be mad because he's so cute. And so it's a great, great... I mean, obviously they own the trademark to because it's a universal movie and all that. But I thought it was such a cool way to use their brand, but also to just kind of, I don't know, buffer the feeling that the customer might have when something's not working. So those were ones that I put into my LinkedIn post. And then came the amazing user-submitted favorites. Anna Lee wrote, We have a fun 404 page at Qualified, where we have our co-founder in an astronaut suit. There's even a custom chatbot experience on the page to demo how we use our own product and how we bring personality and humor to our chatbot. Now, the page shows the said astronaut and reads, Houston, we have a problem. We're not sure how you got here. Let's get you back to Earth. Which, of course, got me thinking about testing out NASA's site. By the way, you're going to spend the rest of the day going to websites and (laughs) putting slash error. It's exciting to see who's playing this game. Yes, I wasn't disappointed at NASA's site either, as there you can see an image with about a billion stars and some faraway galaxy with the words... The cosmic object you are looking for has disappeared beyond the event horizon. Oh, I love it. Also, friends, uh, pro tip, be careful going to the NASA website because you will lose your day on that website because they have so much fantastic imagery and just beautiful things to explore. No pun intended. You know, one of the other ones that came up, which is one I was actually familiar with, is Pantone. The Pantone company is like the Bible of color palettes for both print and digital. You may have heard people referring to Pantone numbers. It's how printers and designers can use uniform colors across the print and digital space. And these are all known by a number and a letter. Now, the air page keeps this theme going by displaying Pantone 404C as the background color. Now, it's a simple air page for a straightforward website. There aren't any extra features cluttering the landing page either. Just a small circle cursor that expands to highlight the main button when you hover over it. But what I love about this is that the people who are in on the joke, the people who understand how Pantone colors work, which, by the way, would pretty much be everyone on the Pantone site, they're going to get the joke. And by the way, for those listeners that didn't get the joke... It's a 404 error page. And so they used color number 404C. And they put their little tag there that said that. By the way, I did some research. I'm not entirely sure why it's called a 404 error page. That's another segment for another day. Another user submitted Pixar Animation Studios. And they show an image of the sadness character from Inside Out. And she's crying. And it says, Aw, don't cry. It's just a 404 error. What you're looking for may have been misplaced in long-term memory. 
which of course is a reference to that movie. Love it, love it, love it. M&M's was also shared and uh, M&M's has the orange M&M character looking like he might have just had an accident maybe of some sort and has only one word. Oops. And it's very cute. And finally, a thanks to my sister, Laura, for sharing this one. NPR, National Public Radio, has an awesome error site. It says, page not found. We, seem, we can't seem to find the page you're looking for. It's a shame that your page is lost, but at least it's in good company. Stick around to browse through NPR stories about lost people, places, and things that still haven't turned up. And the six that are on there are Amelia Earhart... 18 and a half minutes of Watergate tapes. These are all articles that NPR has written. Jimmy Hoffa, Your Luggage, The Lost City of Atlantis, and Waldo. So as soon as this episode is over, which is pretty soon, go to your own website, add slash error to your homepage URL and see what happens. If all you see is page not found, you're missing a golden opportunity to create an unexpected customer experience. Or feel free to try out my website for inspiration. Go to dangingas.com slash error. You'll see that I practice what I preach. So go ahead, have some fun, change the page. And instead of being lost, your customers will know that you'll help them get found. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. You're the best listener ever. And since you listened to the whole show... Yay, you! We're curious. Was there a specific part of this episode that you enjoyed the most? If so, it would mean the world to us if you could share it with a coworker, a friend, or someone that just loves listening to podcasts. And while you're in the sharing mood, if you felt inclined to jump over to iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts and write us a review, we would so appreciate it. And when you do... Don't forget to let us know as we might have a little surprise for you. Thanks again for your time and we'll see you next week for more Experience This.